0: Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here is today's message. Praise the Lord. the The power of our gathering is so important. Um, I wanted to, you know, make some clear, make some things clear as far as my belief and our belief here at Love Life. Um, I. Those that have known me for years, those that have been in church for years, they know this. I don't judge. Um, I understand, but I don't judge. And because I am very diligent to be that way, I'm able to, I believe, uh, communicate in a way that, that does not separate someone By the words that I'm specifically speaking in a place of condemnation. Though, you can get condemned. You can feel guilty, but that's not for me. Because that's what truth does. It gets you to have to do something, have to make a change. And the tendency is, is we, in church most of the time, we take things personal. And I want you to understand that I'm a good dad. I I am. I'm a really good dad. And you can ask my boys, and they'll tell you that, and they better. But (laughs) the thing is, is I understand truths, and I want you to understand what I'm saying. I want you to hear this out, because this is, I believe, so important for your walk, your life. See, I wasn't raised right. I didn't have love from a father. I didn't have that close relationship. I didn't have the hugs from my dad. I didn't have, I never heard him ever say, I love you. I I mean, I can't say never because at one point I did and I started to hear it. And I'll tell you about that. But just so you understand something, that that was my life. It was very rough. It was very, you know, uh, my parents, were well meaning and and they were not they were not operating in a level of of anything but what they understood how to raise kids so i don't hold anything anything against them at all but i can tell you right now it's very difficult to grab hold of a father's love when you don't even know what that concept is i zero concept of it like i said i've never seen it never seen my dad cry never felt a hug from him, never heard out of, from a child on, is all I remember, never heard him say, I love you, son, I love you, Daniel, never. My mom, like a million times a day. Those moms, they're like crazy with that stuff. But the thing is, is this, is I received Jesus and entered into a faith that requires me to receive the love of a father. And it was difficult for quite a few years. I just, I I didn't know how to get connected in that. And I'm sure a lot of you can, you know, sit there and, you know, you've experienced some of the same things. And like I said, the journey wasn't easy, but I continued to press in. I continued to fight for what the Bible was showing me belonged to me. Ultimately through growing in faith, growing in knowledge, I was able to open up, open up, open up to where I have a mega, mega close, close relationship with my heavenly father. And it is emotional. It is mushy, mushy. That was Chinese. It was, it it is very, very close. And it has a lot of hugs and kisses and and cries and tears and love you's, a ton of it. But it took a process the time to get there. And I need you to get hold of the journey because that's important to understand. Everything in life tied to success has a journey in it. Some of us quit walking the journey, we quit. And when we quit, we become the majority. We become the mob. We, come, we become the people, just, we're just doing, why are you here? I don't know. Why are you buying toilet paper? Because everybody is. I don't know why. I don't, I don't remember every time having flus, we'd buy toilet paper, but we're buying it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. It, it's a mob mentality that people get hooked up to, but see, that mob mentality can, can take you all over the place. That's why it's important to walk in wisdom, The time I heard, I love you, felt a hug, and saw my dad cry is when I led him to Jesus. Many of you heard this story, but I can tell you right now. You would think that would be a most special time for me, and it was one of the most grossest times I've ever experienced. Because it was something I've never saw or heard, and it freaked me out. After I led him to Jesus, he grabbed hold of me, hugged me, crying and saying, I love you, son. I love you, son. You know what I did? I got out of the house. Got out of the house, took off, went back to my apartment. I was freaked out. I didn't know how to handle it. Thank God he received Jesus, but that was too much. These are things we can all relate to in the sense that In our lives, in our walk, there are times when we can't figure it out. And God understands that. And that's why we have to continue the walk and keep walking in the right direction. So I know that you might not be where this person is, or this person might not be where this person is. I get it. But I have a requirement. And my requirement is to bring the truth to mature, grow up, the believers in Jesus. That's my responsibility. And in that, it involves what the Bible shows us, the gathering together, the church. Now, there are specific times and and specific seasons like uh, some churches have chosen to do that have decided that they're not going to do church for this weekend or the next or whatever their requirements are that they've chosen to do. And I understand that. And I understand some need to because they're packed in like tuna. And so there is a place where you look at that and go, yeah, I get that, I understand that. What I believe and what I feel personally is this is I'm never gonna close the doors. But that's just what I'm going to do. Now, if everybody chose to, which by the way, we're we're working toward getting our service online, streaming. There's, it's more than just this. It's because I believe the information here needs to get out to the world. But also we will have recorded services that will be on our YouTube channel. And so if you were not able to come to church, if you were on the beach in Hawaii and thinking, I don't want to miss church, put it on your iPhone or whatever, there you go, Mr. Christian, you know. (laughs) You're doing good. So the, the things that I desire to do are, are very important for the word of God. But ultimately, you know, I, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine and, and we were just going over this and how people, are, how a church is doing certain things. And, and he said, doesn't it sound contradictory to Say, you're wanting to do this for your church and shut it down, and then you're telling everybody to gather together at the house. He goes, think about it. In church, you have a lot of space. All of a sudden, you're going to have 20 people in your living room, and that's safer. That doesn't make sense, does it? But see, I think sense goes out the door. I think what happens is, is we, we're trying to chart through uncharted territories. And what I know is the best place to be is what you know and what you believe. And I know what I know and I know what I believe. But that doesn't mean you know what I know or you know what I believe. In other words, you're at where you're at. And I will never judge you for that. So if one day you thought, you know what, I'm just, I'd just rather be at home, then we will have an availability for you to get the message and you'll get taught at home. In other words, here or there, it it doesn't change me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I don't want you to assume that you're judged, which you will be, but not by me. You, well, you know how Christians are. Oh, like you guys don't know how Christians are. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to judge you if you're at home and not here. And if you know me, you would know that to be a factual statement. What I want is, is, I want everybody to grow. That's it. And when I look at the early church, listen people, they were dealing with more diseases than we can ever imagine. There were no antibiotics, there were no hospitals, there were nothing. There wasn't a CVS to go get NyQuil you understand that? And it's so important to understand that they didn't have anything to combat any of their diseases. And there were all kinds of diseases. All kinds. Nothing to combat. And what did God write in the scripture for those times? Fear not. Now, if he's telling them in that day and age not to fear, think about that statement for us today. Wouldn't you think that we should recognize our position of life should never allow fear in any decision we make? Because ultimately, everything you do, you have to operate in common sense. Because ultimately it comes down to this. Whatever you believe or wherever you feel comfortable at, at the belief you're at, you will act upon. And that's what you have to do. Because you can't live my faith, and I'm not going to live your faith. I'm going to live where I'm at. So understand this. Here at Love Life, there is no judgment on anybody. The doors will be open. If you choose to show up here, we'll be here. If you choose to stay at home, you'll see us. That's what we want to do. That's where we're going to But either way, you need to understand, everything about this faith is about growing. And that's what I want you all to do. I want you to grow in faith. The Bible said there was time in in, um, scripture where Paul was sharing, listen, there's a lot of you that are strong in faith that you're able to eat all kinds of meats. The reason why he was making this statement is because in the temples, especially the ones that did not worship God, they did sacrifices. But they would also, after the sacrifices, cook the meat and sell it in a restaurant in their temple, which was a smart thing to do. So they'd take the sacrifices and create the food and then set it before people and they'd buy it. And they were some of the best restaurants in in that whole time. And so Christians that knew their place in what the scripture was teaching, they'd go to those places and eat because it was the best, so they'd eat the meat. And then they would be in such a position of faith of we can eat any meat because we're power Christians. But it was offending some people when they saw them eating that meat, going, why are you eating that meat? That was sacrifice the devils. How dare you, how could you do that? And what Paul was saying is don't flaunt your spirituality because you can eat that meat because nothing's wrong with eating the meat. But don't offend someone because they don't want to eat meat. Don't force them to eat meat. Don't make fun of them because they don't see that. And you know what he said? He said, they're weak in faith. He didn't give them an out and say they're right in what they do. He just said, understand there's people and oh my gosh, I shouldn't use the word weak because all of a sudden you get a different mindset of it. Immature. But we're all immature in different areas and we're all mature in some areas. Life has all kinds of areas to grow in as a believer. You all are not perfectly mature in everything no one in here is i don't care how holy you think you are you aren't but what you have to understand something is is that you're growing and maturing and what you do is you look at the areas you're weak in and start maturing in those areas that's why i don't want you ever to get condemnation or feel guilt When you hear something that you're not practicing, you hear something that you're not doing, or you hear something that says, guilty, I'm guilty. What you do is you receive that instruction, that spanky, and it says, I need to fix that. I need to change. I need to grow in that. And that's our responsibility, okay? So let's understand that because I believe that things like this reveal a lot. Y'all know that. I've been saying this for years. You don't know nothing about yourself until we bump your cup. And what comes out when you get bumped, it's who you are. I know that's frustrating because that is a pure revelation. One day, I remember being in the wall and getting bumped when I was a younger Christian, and I was ready to take that person out. Nowadays, if I get bumped, it's thank you, Jesus. But one day, it wasn't. One day it was, we're going to have something to deal with. How are you guys hearing me? I know you guys aren't that way, but your pastor's been that way. Y'all have been holy since you born. But you guys understand that, right? I mean, they're, they're, you know, sometimes the flesh rises up and you, you revert back to, you know, high school days or whatever. And the thing is, is you know, some of you, it's like last week. Uh, but <laughs> the point is, is listen. I just want you to understand my heart toward you because ultimately that's all that matters. What does Pastor think? Who cares what anybody else thinks? Turn to your neighbor and say, He's talking to you right now. Don't touch him, just look at him and say, He's talking to you. <laughs> because it's true. I mean, I, listen, the buck stops here, boys. It does. It's, it, it's, it, this is the key. And if I can look at you and go, Hey, let's move, let's go on, let's win. If if you're here or not, listen. My heart is growth. Period. Growth. I want you to grow, but I also understand the importance of. And this is what I was thinking about. The in my office, I'm hearing people laughing and having fun in the nursery because it's right next to my office. I'm hearing laughter, and I'm think, and I'm thinking. See, this is what people. You know, this place is filled with that, just joy and laughter and all this. And and it there's so much peace, and I believe. Power in that to where we start alienating ourselves. Common sense, think about it. Are you really alienating yourself? Y'all gonna quit your job and just sit in your home? No, you're not. You will not do that. Why? Because of a dollar. I put more power in God's word than a dollar. I really do. But I believe it, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Believe me, I'm not saying. That's not, that should not be a focus of your life because it better be. That's where God's going to bless you to meet your needs and to gain increase. So th- don't think that job or work is wrong. But I'm saying is you're going to go. Why? Because you're looking at it this way. It doesn't matter. It's what I got to do. Right? Now, other people that are sitting at home. They can, they can all, all kinds of statements or reasons. My thoughts are this, is if you're out going to a job and you got a spouse, a husband, or a wife sitting at home, you know they have um, ways you can check social media, right? How much time they're spending on it a day. I'm telling you, I guarantee you most people are not social mediaing with God, meditating on his word, listening to the services on, on our podcasts, Meditating in Proverbs, Scripture. I guarantee you through the week, that's rarely happening, but I guarantee you Facebook and Instagram is getting blown up. The news is being watched over and over and over. Guarantee it. And then we want to think we're going to make right choices. It just doesn't work that way. My thoughts are is if you're going out in their world and fighting the fight and doing what you need to do, make sure the home is too. Don't let the home just relax and get all crazy watching soap operas and garbage. I'm just sharing with you truth. You need to realize we have to be the light and the salt. So we're going to have to get out in this dirty world. But we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear. We can use common sense. We don't have to do things that are based upon. ooh, ooh, ooh." But we just have to realize that without us people, this world gets darker. And we're the light of the world. So I want you to know, your pastor, my part, what I'm going to do, what I have done but not as intense. And believe me, the scripture says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And when I get in this bulldog type of prayer, I need you to recognize it's happening for you and receive it. So what I'm going to do is is I'm going to pray for everybody every morning for your day at work so that you know when you get up, listen, so you know when you get up that you can sit there and go, I'm going to grieve my past right now that I am going to overcome. I'm not going to get sick. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do what I need to do. And i am gonna come home healthy. And that's what you can do. Because again, what are we going to do? Y'all going to run home and not, listen, y'all going to be going in Safeway and, and doing, you're going to be doing all this. Right. You're going to go get food and stand in line with other people. Right. I mean, that, I, it's crazy. I mean, I went into, last week, I went to Safeway. I get here between 4, no, sometimes it's earlier than that, but 4 and 4.30. That's what time I get here. That's what I start my day. Safeway doesn't open until 6.00. And I wanted to get some apple juice. So I thought, I'll cruise over to Safeway, they'll be open in six. So it's about 6.05, I pull out and I turn and the parking lot's filled. I'm going, dude, what is this? They got a super sale? I mean, I'm not thinking crazy. And I'm going in there and I'm going, y'all are like the you know resolution and going to the gym that first two weeks you know, where you can't get in. Cause right now you can go to the gym and you got all kinds of weight. There's no waiting time at all. Woo. But the point is, is it was crazy. And I'm like going. So I'm going to the, I go, I go down the wrong aisle. It is funny because this other person comes down this aisle and there's another person in the middle aisle and we're coming down. And I'm looking for apple juice. I'm like, where is the apple juice? And that person comes down, that person coughs and we both turn. and walk. <laughs> It was crazy. And I think. Off a cough, I'm already acting that way. But so did the other person. I'm going, that person caused me to turn. They caused me to sin. Well, isn't that crazy? A cough. we like, nah, I'm going down this aisle. But it was a mile to go down anyway. The apple juice was on the other side. There was a million people in there. And I know they don't have clean hands. So I'm just going through this and going, are you serious? This is like ridiculous. A lot of people, you've never gone any through. If, you, if you've been through Y2K, remember how crazy that was? Anybody remember Y2K? It was that crazy. I'm telling you, it was crazy. It was so crazy. We held church that night. I've just been that type of pastor. I'm like going, hey, the world's ended. I'm going to heaven. It don't matter. Y2K, we'll party through the night. It was New Year's Eve. We're going to do it anyway. So we're having a we're having a big old party, and I'm an hour two hours before the service. I'm there, and there's literally there was an AMPM by the church, and there's a water a water thing. The line for the water was all the way around the church, and I saw two of our members in that line. <laughs> they were embarrassed. <laughs> what are you doing? Get water before and I can know they're getting a little you know like scared that pastor caught me you know it's like a kid in a cookie jar and you're like going did I not tell you not to grab that cookie come to find out they literally had their bathtub filled with water they had, they literally thought this was the end and I thought man and they didn't come to church <laughs> see that that's what fear does we had a party, I think we had pizza that night, and it just was a good old time. But Y2 came and gone. Right. But I'm gonna tell you right now, the media and all the scientists and all the professionals literally were saying, most likely the, there's gonna be a release of nuclear bombs because of the computers, because they're all tied with the computer. It was crazy. Came and went. Now, I'm not making light of anything. I'm just saying there is a power that operates in fear that takes people to a place that is complete and total torment. And when you're under torment, you cannot think mentally straight. And that's when danger happens. And don't think that this can't happen another time because we're in a world that people don't care about anything but themselves. And we're supposed to reach those people. Amen? We're supposed to love on those, you know. I'm going to steal that toy and beat your baby for Christmas. Just to get it. we got to love those people. So our responsibility is not to cower in fear, but to realize don't try to be someone you're not. If this becomes you know, too much for you or you're in a place where you're just like, I just don't know, chill. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. I'm telling you everything. Everything will be all right. I've seen too many miracles of real, real problems, cancers, diseases. I'm talking about so many things that this thing has not nothing on it. I've seen people healed, restored, and healthy. All right? So just, just trust me on this, okay? Believe the word of God. Follow me as I follow Christ. And I believe I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the truth and you receive that truth and work it in your life. It's not gonna work if all you do is hear it today and tomorrow it's, you know, Fox News or CNN or whatever or your Facebook friends that are all in line right now at Costco. You want to listen to them? You know that's your choice. I, I'm, everything's your choice. Same me. It's your choice. I just realized that I want to help you and give you information so you'll make choices based upon another voice. And I hope I lead you toward a good voice. First John chapter four verse eighteen. First John chapter four verse eighteen. This is going to be an awesome scripture. You're going to love it. There is no fear. Everybody say no fear. There is no fear in love. How much fear is in love? How many? A little bit? Is there any fear in love whatsoever? Now think about this. God said there is what? No fear. Where at? In love. So in God, there's no, there's, it's impossible for there to be fear, right? Because God is love. We have been given his love. So in that love, there's no fear. How many of you had fear? Uh, Just me? I need to, come up here and teach me because you guys are much better than me. Anybody didn't have fear before? Anybody have operated? Come on. Thank you, church. Oh my gosh. Not me. I don't have fear. I'm Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Do you guys hear what I'm saying? (laughs) Come on, give me a little bit. You know, this is love life. Don't hang, leave me hanging out there. Um, so we've had fear. But wait a minute. Didn't the Bible say there's no fear in love? So what does that mean? It would mean, if we don't read any further, that I don't have love. Wouldn't you agree? Is there fear in love? No. If I have fear, what does that mean? Something, there's an issue here, right? Okay, let's keep, right now, y'all are like scared. All right, let's keep moving, because this is important. Look at this. But, there we go. We're going to look at something different now. But is like going, okay, I, I wanted to make this point clear. No fear in love, but perfect love. Everybody say perfect love. Okay, the word perfect is so important to understand that it is not the word perfect. It is impossible for it to be the word perfect. It is actually a Greek word that means mature. All right. Mature. Everybody say mature. Okay. The Greek word literally is a process of getting information and knowledge to a completeness. So you get the information to where you're mature in that understanding. Everybody got that? Okay. Now watch. This is so important. There's no fear in love, but mature, mature, that complete, full-grown love. Come on, Listen. Listen, No fear in love, but mature. Anybody understand the word maturity? Does a one-year-old have maturity? Three-year-old, six-year-old, 16-year-old, 18-year-old? I can go into so 30s, we're gonna still go, no. <laughs> so don't act like you're gonna be all cool. Now hit my age and we're gonna pop a yes. No, you guys all understand that, right, right? Maturity is not tied to age, it's tied to knowledge and the action of that knowledge, okay? So maturity, the picture of maturity, please pay attention to this. No fear in love, but mature, mature, y'all with me? Mature love, the word love is agape. Agape love comes only from God. God loves in agape love. That's unconditional. There is no greater or perfect love than God's love. God, agape love. Okay? There's no fear in agape love. But agape has to be mature. Do you guys understand this? What I am giving you, such a peaceful message right now, and you're still trying to figure it out. You have God's love, it's perfect, but it has to grow up. Right. You're gonna screw up, you're gonna be a toddler, you're gonna to be dumb. You're gonna go, No, I am, no, I'm not, but what are you? You're gonna be all that, you're going to have the the trip ups, the, the falling over, the, the mess ups, the mega problems. You're going to go through this and you're going to question and even concern yourself that God doesn't love me and I don't have God's love. But that's not true. You need to grow up. That's it. You need to grow in love. Pastor, I don't know. This is so fearful time. It It's just a process of growing in love because you won't have fear. That doesn't mean you won't have fear ever in any area of life, no way at all. It has nothing to do with that. Because I can tell you right now, I can I can question all of you, and there are going to be some issues in some areas where you're like going, I don't have no fear in that. Right. How come? Because you've matured and grown in that area. Are you guys getting this? Right. So, what? Pastor, it's just it's so difficult to be in this time period, and this, this is really stressing me out, and I don't know if I should run to Safeway, and, and I don't know what to do, and I, I, I just... And what I do, what I do for you, what I do in you, what I see in you, I see nothing but let's grow. Right. Don't, don't settle for that. I understand you're there. No big deal. I can look at my three-year-old, love my three-year-old, madly do anything for a three-year-old, die for my three-year-old. But they're immature. They're messed up. Right. Right? right? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I understand where they're at. I'm not stupid. I look at that and understand it, but I also see they're on a journey. And that journey produces hope for me. I want you on a journey. Don't quit. Don't quit. So what are you saying if I don't come to church? You're on a journey. They're here, you're on a journey. But what I need from you is for you to stay on that journey with Love Life. That you understand how important you are to this vision, to this church. Because every part, every part must do their part. Wherever you're at, in any area of your Christian walk, we need you. Turn your Bible, well, let me finish this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. What does perfect love do? cast out. Wait a minute. I thought it said there's no fear in love. How are you going to cast out something if it ain't there? You guys, I mean, you guys pay attention to scripture or not? Are you guys looking at this or you're like, you're just going, I'll just trust you. Listen to me. No fear in love, but mature love cast out something that shouldn't be there. Do you guys see? This is so beautiful. I love this. I love this because what this is saying is, is uh, there's going to be fear in my life. But when I grow in this power of God's love, and I start realizing that, wait a minute, I'm too special. I'm too precious for this thing. This disease, this enemy, this attack. I'm too important for the kingdom of God. He loves me. I love him. I got his love. I'm growing. I'm growing. And guess what? All of a sudden I go, boom, I cast out fear. I do my Iron Man. Cast out fear. And that's what mature love does. It casts out. It utterly throws away and destroys fear. But what has to take place? I got to grow. Just grow i got to grow in love. Mature love casts out fear because why does it do it? Fear involves torment. And torment is severe mental anguish. And you know as well as I know, every person in fear is mentally tormented. Isn't this true? Isn't it true? Turn your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Say, so he's talking to you right now, you tormented fool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Do you guys see this, what the scripture is saying? It's saying this. Listen, God doesn't want you in torment. He doesn't want you in mental anguish. He doesn't want your mind just under this, this constant barrage of, of fear, worry, anxiety. God doesn't want this. And so he's given us love, but the love in our lives has to grow. Just like my journey, I had to grow in understanding the love. At one time, it was like going, yeah, I love you, Father, but I don't have a clue how. To where it's like, coochie, coochie, you know, we're real close, me and the Father. I mean, close as close can get. But that took a process of time. I had to what? Mature in love. Remember when um, Jesus comes back? Um, after he rose from the dead and the, Peter and, and some of the disciples are out there fishing. They like quit. They gave up. They're like going, I'm going back to fishing. Got to make a living. And so they're out doing what they normally did. Do you believe this? Three and a half years with Jesus and they didn't get anything. They're like, duh. Jesus comes to where they're at And they recognize it's the Lord. Peter jumps in the water, man, starts swimming. And and Jesus is like cooking, you know, bacon and egg, not bacon. Um, (laughs) Chorizo? I don't know. Chorizo. Eggs. (laughs) He's cooking eggs. Kosher eggs. If there's kosher eggs, I don't know. But either way, Jesus, he's got breakfast going. Peter comes in there, and, and so the disciples are there, and they're like going, Dude, this is crazy. Look at him. Jesus, he's alive. And they're having breakfast with them. And Jesus looks to Peter. Remember, this is Jesus and Peter's first contact after Peter's just denied him before he went to the cross three times curse the Lord too. Just, I don't know him. I had nothing to do with him. I don't believe, just boom, boom, boom. Crazy, huh? And the Lord is now face to face with someone that has denied him, that walked with him for three and a half years. I don't know what, if I'm Jesus, I'm like going, go back fishing, boy, you're done. I don't need you. See, I'm not Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He said, Peter, do you love me? I would be going, Jesus, do you love me? That's what I would have been doing. Do you love me? I, 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 ripped, I, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, do you love me? Do you love me? That's what I would have been doing. But Peter is saying a word, and Jesus is saying, Do you love me? And Peter's like going, I I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what's going through his head right now because he screwed up. He was like number one disciple. Jesus, Peter, do you agape me? Peter, Jesus, Lord, you know I phileo you. This is their language. This is what's being said. And then Jesus said, tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me in the God kind of love? Peter to Jesus, Lord, you know I have friendship, love for you. And what does Jesus do? Gives him an assignment, take care of my people. Giving you a picture of what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. See, we don't see Jesus in that light. We don't even see Christianity in that light. But what I see is someone that has openly denied Jesus before everybody, walked with him three and a half years, and the Lord Jesus is speaking to him and saying, Do you have God kind of love for me? And he won't even admit that and says, I have friendship love for you. And then the Lord Jesus, in all that, is saying, I need you to work for me. What is that? What is that? And then Jesus says, Peter, you agape me. Peter's like going, Lord, I phileo you. I, I, I have friendship love. I, I, I have friendship love for you. And then he says, feed my lambs. Then Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? And now Peter's like gone. And this is what the Bible says. It said, and he gets so aggravated because Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? But he didn't. He only asked him two agape, one phileo. Peter's thinking in his head, he's asked me this over and over and over. So he's getting frustrated. And then he said, Lord, you know everything. You know I phileo you. And then what did Jesus say? He said, take care of my sheep. This is so important because what we're seeing is, is we're seeing Jesus speak to one of his number one disciples and say, do you have the love of God for me that you should? The reason why he's asking that is because what Peter has went through. And Peter cannot enter into his full ability and ministry until he understands God love. And he couldn't God love Jesus because of his past. His past was hindering his maturity of love. And that's why the Bible teaches we have to grow in love. Do you guys get this? See, this whole thing's about growing, maturing. Ultimately, you will get to the place necessary to where mature love will cast out that fear. So when I'm dealing with an issue with fear in Safeway, ultimately, I'm like going, but it don't belong to me. See, I can't clean every single thing everywhere I go. Clean everything, clean everything. I mean, Sasha's, you know, licking on this thing. I mean, she was, <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what's on that? No, I'm just saying. Do you see what I'm saying? She wasn't licking on it, just messing around. But <laughs> that would be gross, wouldn't it? But do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you, we, we can operate in a time of understanding the time, understanding the season. But even in flu season, right. we should be doing stuff the same. Because y'all know many of you are out many times through the air sick. It's, it, it doesn't belong to you. That's all I'm saying. It, it, sh, it, it should be something that we look at as something just crazy to happen to us. But some of us have become friends with these things because it happens all the time, so we just accept it. But all I'm saying is, is okay, don't stay there if you already know that you need to mature in an area. Don't stay there. I, I understand the fight. I understand the, the, the war that goes on between my thought and God's thought. Right. But ultimately, because I want to serve him to my fullest, I'm going to bow to his thought. And I'm going to stumble. I'm going to blow it. And I'm going to have to, you know, take a shot at NyQuil or whatever. That's my journey. I've been there, but ultimately, I don't have friends with NyQuil. Right. I don't have friends with medicine, right. but it's my journey, and I don't judge you right. based upon my journey, because I have been where you have, and you've been where someone else has been, and we've all been there at some point in time. We just understand, and we'll have more love for one another, more compassion for one another, so don't Dare allow the enemy to get you to assume that I'm judging you. Because that's what the devil would love to get you to believe something negative against me. You want to know how I feel? I am, Pastor Dan. I don't mess around with messing around. I'll straight up talk to you. If I think you're being stupid, I'm going to say, Well, I think you're stupid. I love you, but right now I think you're stupid. Why? Because I'm not going to go there. Why, why should I? I, ain't, I don't got time for this stuff. I want your success. If we're going to just bounce around the bubble and go, because oh, I don't know, I love you, you're Christian. We ain't going nowhere. It just ain't going nowhere. And it ain't worth it. It's worth your life, my life, my time, your time for us to deal with issues that need to be dealt with. Let's move on and get successful in everything we do. Amen? Y'all got that? We belong to each other. It's a fact. If you look at the, the scripture in Ephesians 4, 15, and 16, this is my job. This is my job as a pastor. Speak the truth in love. It didn't say, speak the truth in religious giggly feelings. It didn't. It says, speak the truth in love. So when I speak the truth, love is not going to condemn. Love is not going to establish Guilt. Love is not gonna produce fear. Speaking the truth in love, why? So that everybody may grow up. Look at that, grow up. My responsibility is make sure people are growing up in all things. How many things? One thing. The Christian faith, hallelujah. No, all things. Life is big, isn't it? Life is big, correct? There's all kinds of things in life. It's a process of growth, okay? Y'all be empowered with this, okay? Because what you're gonna see is this. You're gonna have a weak area in life, and you know I have a strong area in life. But what you know is this when it comes to you, you're loved by the Father. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And even the weak area, you can look up to that stand firm in knowing that it's all gonna be okay. It's all gonna be okay. I'm gonna keep pressing, I'm gonna keep moving forward. I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna stumble, I might fall, but I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna keep pressing, and I'm gonna keep pressing, and I'm gonna keep pressing. And I'm gonna do, as your pastor, everything I can. Listen, for years we've been limited in areas, limited in finances, limited things that I wanna do. There's so much I wanna do. But it's not my responsibility, it's yours to prosper. I'm waiting for you guys to prosper the way you should. I'm waiting for millionaires to rise up in here. You need to start hooking up with that so we can start getting the finances to be able to do all the things we need to be doing. I mean, listen, this is serious stuff. We don't, we're not doing a youth missions trip. I wanted to see a youth missions trip. You know what the cause of it was? Now, man, it would be a little even rougher now, but beforehand, it was, it's a price. I mean, the airline ticket, everything's like doubled to go on a missions trip for teens. And so when people see the price, they're like going, geez, I can't do that right now. And I get it. I understand that because I've done this for years as a youth pastor. I know how hard it is to raise, you know, a thousand dollars for a 14 year old. It's not easy and it takes a long time to do it. There's sacrifice involved. But listen, I think it ultimately looks it's it's the wrong picture. I should have a couple million in the bank right now to where I say, uh, I need like thirty teens. It's it's on me. Thirty teens, we pay for everything. You ain't doing no car washes, forget that. And we're going on this date. How many are going? You know how many kids are going to go? All of them. Why? Because we got it covered. And when there's Operation Shoebox, when they're doing the, the giving the gifts out in Guatemala, it's so hard, so difficult. We got to take time off of work and everything. But if I go, hey, I got it covered, how many want to go? I'll have a ton of people going. Why? Because it alleviated the issue of money. Ought not the church be prospering? Should we not be in that position? But that's not my place. That's you guys. Quit just tithing and giving and end result. Start expecting. Start believing God. Yeah, but I work at Taco Bell. Own Taco Bell. Don't, I mean, don't, Don't go into things just with a handout. Start believing the favor of God in your life. Start expecting bonuses and and raises and doors to open. Start expecting that commission check to double and triple. Start expecting the sales to start running into you. Start expecting people to get in touch with you that you never even knew. And they've got plans to change the world and they can bankroll it all. And they're picking you. Quit expecting nothing it's unscriptural it's his quit expecting nothing God says you have not because you asked not quit it start expecting big start speaking I'm going to bankroll it pastor I'm going to be that one I'm going to be that one will you tell him I did it no he did it you just were a vessel never forget that he did it you were just a vessel we get excited about light but you had to turn the switch on we never sit around going in the switch special i love that switch switch you all that you are the switch man glory to the switch we don't have this unless the switch works but who cares about the switch exactly you're just a switch. <laughs> but you're producing, but you're producing light. Yes. Praise God. Come on, somebody. preach, preach job. Grow up in all things into the head, Christ. Jesus is the head, right? For whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, If you're part of Love Life, start supplying, right? According to the effective working by which which every part does its share, watch what happens. It causes growth in the body. This is a natural principle. I've been really focusing on certain areas of of my physique. And because I got slack and I laid off and I thought, you know, I got to start working out in this area. So I started pumping, you know, weights in a certain area because I want that to experience growth and it's been very painful (laughs) because that's what happens that's what muscle growth demands it demands ripping and tearing and healing but when you put it off for a while man it's like uh, but I'm still going to press in I don't care I'm going to press in and the thing that I'm looking at is this same scripture if I want more work out of this one area, I'm going to have to work that area. And because I work that area, it's going to help the other areas. See, if I start building arm strength, it's going to benefit my leg strength. Because if I need to pick up something, arm strength is going to alleviate a lot of the leg strength. But if my arms are weak, my legs are going to do most of the work. Have you guys seen this? And I thought about how awesome is that? God gives us this natural picture, and this is what we're all doing. Some of you are these different parts of muscles that we're like, going, I don't even know if I should work that out, but we need you. Because yeah. if you take away that muscle, it's all messed up. So we need one another to do our part, amen? And I believe that's what you, when you get that, you understand how special you are. Because it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk, you're needed, you're wanted. You have to help one another in this. Let's be builders, okay? Let's be people that realize our responsibility to build, our, the worshipers' responsibility to what? Help us worship. The musicians, their responsibility to what? To play good for the worshipers and play good, so we'll listen to it and I go, oh. And then everybody's doing their part. Everybody's filling this gap and need that the world needs to see. You guys are special. I'm, I'm telling you, you're very, very special people. you love life. And the information you have is not this religious, you know, goomy, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is stuff that, that makes life happen. And you got some information that needs to get out there to the world. So you get on your Instagram, you get on your Facebooks, you get on your, you know, whatever else you're getting on and you start promoting God's love, God's goodness, God's grace. Start promoting God's power. Things that he desires and is designed for each and every person. They just might not know it yet. Listen, we're going to continue and we're going to fight the fight of faith. The world's not over. We got a lot of work to do. When it's over is when we will not be here any longer. That's when it's over. But until then, the devil, that dead virus, or anything else, is not gonna stop us. We're unstoppable, amen? We're unstoppable. So you can take that to the bank. Love you guys, you're awesome.